there is something very human about not knowing stuff. <laughs> you know, there's something very mm-hmm. human about not knowing whether or not I'm going to live to see tomorrow or, or whether or not, you know, when there's a danger present, you know, that fight or flight or freeze response that takes over, there, there's something very, very primal about that. It did, you know, it, it come from thousands of years of, of, you know, of people being people and of facing threats. Why is it that the internet of bodies is a thing? Who's pushing for this and why? And, and it seems like to me, and I, I mentioned the, the term that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reframe it now, because at some point in time, when does a conspiracy theory stop being a theory? And when is it just a conspiracy? Conspiracy. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. I'm happy to be here as usual. It's good to see you, sir. What's going on? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. Like Lazy Sunday, but with some podcasting. Okay, well, yeah. What more could you ask for? Right, yeah, oh. this this whole laziness thing is going to go away starting tomorrow, though, because I'm going to start hitting the gym before work again. Ooh. Oh, it's going to be rough. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's the only, it's really the only option I got right now. If I want to try to try to stay to a, a good gym schedule. Yeah. I feel you. I'm going to miss you. Yeah. I'm going to miss yeah. you. I will not yeah. be there at, at two o'clock in the morning or whatever <laughs> you're doing, whatever craziness. <laughs> yeah. But I'll be there in spirit, brother. Yeah. I see how dedicated you are. <laughs> yeah. Not a dedicated friend oh, at all. Oh, I'm dedicated. <laughs> just not to that. <laughs> I, have, I have many other things I have to stay dedicated towards, so that just does not gotcha. fit in my routine. But I'm glad it does. You, I'm glad you can work, work, you know, work out something because it's not easy, especially now that right. you've got Junior running around, man, and he will be running around soon. I've seen the latest videos. He's keeping his head up, and he's on the yep. floor. He's going to be mobile soon. So, oh yeah, when that happens, all, good luck. He's almost he's almost got the rollover done. Like he's all, he almost there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm afraid that once that happens, it's it's just like that's the boosting point. Yeah, like he he's off and he's off to the races after that. It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> you, you see him walk, the next thing you know, you're like they're walking down the graduation aisle or something. I don't know, but time does fly. Jeez. Yeah, I know right? <laughs> it escalated quickly, but time does fly by. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's on your mind? You said you had some kind of uh, something you've got rattling around up in there. So let's jump right into it. So I was listening to this podcast the other day and uh, one of the guys was asking the other one, like in the morning was when you wake up, like do you, cause he was saying like one of the first things he does is grab his phone and he starts looking at Twitter and looking at Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and whatever, just to kind of see what, what's going on for the morning or what's going on for the day and stuff like that. And he was asking the other people around him, Hey, do you guys do the same thing? Well, the interesting reply I heard from one guy was, I don't, like, until I get to work in the morning, I don't even really touch my phone. And his reasoning was because he wants to be able to get his own thoughts about himself during the day before he lets anyone else's thoughts in. And I never really thought about it like that before. I mean, I've thought about how mainly the reason why I don't touch my phone in the morning is because it will make me late for work. (laughs) <laughs> because even if you say you're just going to do it, you're going to scroll for like two minutes, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, here you are running behind because you were scrolling, right? Uh, but I never really thought about not letting someone else's thoughts in my brain before I've really kind of got my wits about myself in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get your take on that. I thought it was interesting. It's quite interesting. And I like the topic anyway, because I, you know, I'm not really into, uh, at least I don't feel like, I don't believe I am, like, really into social media. It's not like it's my life or anything. It's not like I go on there and if I don't get so many likes or whatever, then my my day is just ruined, you know? Mm -hmm. Not to say that I don't notice. I do. And and I notice, like, people that get way more likes than I do. I notice that. And I notice people who don't get any likes. And and that kind of bothers me, you know, when when I see people like that. If you look at their feed, a lot of times you can understand exactly why, but it also kind of shows their their social like range, right? Um, 
the so one, what, do you, what do you mean by it bothers you? Like why why does I, it? I feel bad for them. Oh, that's why it bothers you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I feel okay. bad for them. You know, but you don't feel, but you don't ever feel bad for yourself if you post something and it only gets like one like. No, not really, because I could, you know, I could care less. It, it, for the most part, you know, I, I wish our podcast had more reach. You know, it, it's never been something that we've had enough of, in my opinion. And just not that it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's not that. I just want people to hear what we have to say. And I know right. that when we do get the word out there, a lot of people really gravitate and they lean into it, and that's good. And so that's why. But if I'm posting about like anything else, and, and it, usually it's a meme that I got from somebody else that I find funny, and sometimes I'm like, man, you know, a lot of people slept on this, and they they should have. There should have been a lot more likes on that because it's really funny, or it's really like interesting, or it's really like telltale. Like this stuff, maybe it's a, a conspiracy or something like that. It's like I wish more people, or maybe it's just really heady. It, it's it's a really intelligent thought, or just thought thought provoking in general. And I wish that more people would see it, and maybe they do, and they just don't like it or whatever, but it doesn't really affect my day, right? Because yeah. kind of like what you said, e even if it is my own thoughts, I, I don't go to social media to get my, uh, you know, my uh, sense of Validation? Worth. Yeah, my sense of worth or my validation. Uh, that's not yeah. that's not where that's not where my self esteem lies, you know. Because I've I've always had a, a pretty good idea, a pretty good handle on the fact that it's just, it's not real life. But let me tell you, there was a time in my life, it, it wasn't too awful long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, where I caught myself. And it, it was, I'll tell you why it happened. But the first, at first, I'm just going to tell you what happened. I caught myself waking up first thing in the morning, reaching for my phone and checking Facebook. All right. And I was like, why? Why, why am I doing that? You know, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like I said, I really do not depend on social media for any of the, you know, my, uh, my esteem, self-esteem. So I kind of checked myself. I, I delved into it a little bit and I, I've come to understand that it was actually a mechanism that was just waking me up. It was something for me to look at, to concentrate. Otherwise my brain, like I don't have caffeine bedside and I should, I should have a timed IV drip of coffee at my bedside where I could push a button like they do when you're getting pain medication after you've had surgery. Push uh -huh. that button. Caffeine is intravenously given to me, injected into my blood, and then I can wake up. I don't have that. So I, I usually have to do something. Um, for, for a long time, I, I got straight up, and it was a cigarette. I smoked a cigarette. That was the, the motivation I had to get me out of bed. Well, there was a time when it just happened. It didn't happen for very long because I put the kibosh on it because I will not let Facebook dictate anything about my life, right? I just, I have a thing about that. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but it, but it, was, it was happening unintentionally. And I feel like a lot of people do it for different reasons, maybe just like that. Maybe not the exact same reason. There's probably some out there. But other people, it's just like, well, I wonder what's going on today. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get myself to wake up. So while I'm doing that, I don't want to be bored. It's almost as bad as taking a dump when you're bored, right? So I'm going to look at my <laughs> phone. Right. As I'm waking up and see what, what's going on. Maybe other people so, that they, they just it, it is they are that tied to social media. Right. It's like their thing. And so they it, it's like an addiction. Yeah. So I'm I do the opposite, though. So I'm not the guy that grabs his phone first thing in the morning when I wake up. But I am the nighttime scroller before I go to bed. Like if I'm laying in bed, a lot of times I will kind of scroll until my eyes start getting heavy. And then but then again, I mean. I'm going to compare this to like reading a book, you know, like all this TV shows where you have like the husband and wife, they're sitting in their bed at night, right before they turn off the lamp, you know, they're, they're reading a book or something. It's kind of the same thing, except for now, I guess you're just kind of being ju really judgy before you, right before you go to bed. At least that's the way I am. I, I, I can say that I don't judge people and I try not to, but you know, you're judgy when you're scrolling through Facebook, even if it's like for a split second. Just when you you know you see certain people post certain things, you're just like, ah, that's noted. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little judgy now. <laughs> noted. Yeah, we are not amused. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> you know, and, and kind of I'm circling around back to your original concept, mm -hmm. but I think you know the the most important thing that I've learned about social media, but about technology in general, maybe about life. You know, there's some generalities here that stretch way beyond. The, just the topic that we're talking about. But um, I feel like that being intentional 
is the most important thing. Okay. Being intentional, stopping yourself from just going through the motions and, and making sure that you understand it, why it is that you do what you do. Right. I think that's a big part of like growing as a human being and not just letting our automaticity well, I love that word. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Um, <laughs> not, not, but not just letting like our routine like become us without understanding what that root, what what that entails, what the consequences are, what the benefits are, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And just and the and the motivations, whether it be conscious or unconscious, that we have that fuels those things because technology, and we're going to get into this into a, a kind of a heavy way today, but technology will engulf us. And it will dictate our thought processes if we don't stay intentional, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what what this person did here that you was this a friend of yours again? Is that somebody you no, know? No, it was a podcast. It was a podcast that's I was right. listening to. That's right. That's right. So, this guy, what he did was that he take he took a step back and thought about it. Now, now was he actually were the thoughts other people's thoughts actually like you know? Um, I don't know, were they manipulating him? Were they manipulating his thought processes to where it became uncomfortable and either unconsciously or consciously he caught that and thought, I don't want that to happen? Or was it just that he took that step back, wanted to be intentional and and thought, well, I need my own thoughts first before I hear other thoughts. I don't know if he went that deep into it in the podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, I I wonder if, you know, he didn't on the the show, but I, I I wonder if he knows that he's like an impressionable type of person, I guess. Right. Like maybe uh maybe he could even go through like a Twitter and just look at articles or look at news and stuff like that and get his own thoughts or ideas on that first before he would actually go to Facebook or Instagram or something and start looking at other people posting about things. Maybe get your own ideas first. Maybe he knows that he's an impressionable person and you know wants to know what he thinks about it first before he starts bringing in other people's ideas into his head. Yeah, no. I, either way, I think I think what he came to the conclusion that he came to, I think it is pertinent. I think it's good. I think yeah. that he leveled up as a human yeah. being when he when he came to that conclusion. I do, <laughs> because you know I hear a lot of people talking about their morning routine. Like if you hear Jocko, he wakes up at the same was it like three forty six every morning, something crazy, mm-hmm. and and he posts it every morning that he woke up that <laughs> at that time. He's so consistent, but it's his routine. He gets up and he does some kind of a grueling workout. Like it, it's you know it's insane. Other people just talk about you know getting up and and spending time with themselves, so to speak. You know, checking in with yourself is a popular way to look at it. They check in with themselves mm-hmm. to see how they're feeling, to st- and to kind of go over their goals for the day. They some people do some meditating. Some people fall asleep if they do some meditating first thing in the morning. So they gotta I wait till be, later. <laughs> That would be me for sure. <laughs> but there's a, there, there, there's a power in that routine, okay? And I seriously doubt that anyone who has a strong routine, I, I, I seriously doubt that Facebook or any social media is part of their their, their routine in the in the morning, especially their, their first thing. So I think that realizing that, realizing that you should collect your own thoughts and check in with yourself, even though it's you know it sounds new agey and you know whatever. But I, th- I think it's valid. I think it's valuable. I, I think that being able just to make sure that you check in with yourself and 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 kind of st- structure out your day, get some peace at mind with yourself before you go out into the chaos of the world is important. So I like where he went with that. I th- and I think it's I think it's very valid. I think that you and I and other people like us have probably come to the same conclusion without coming to that conclusion. You know, I knew inherently that when I woke up first thing in the morning and checked my Facebook just to try and give myself something to focus on, even though there was somewhat of a utility out of that, I, I am not going to let that be the first thing I, I wake up to. I'm not going to have to find something else. You know, mm-hmm. I inherently knew that there was a problem with that, and, and I know that you do too. Um, and I do agree with, it's like reading a, an old couple reading a book in bed when you, when you go to sleep, it's just kind of like capping off the day, getting getting uh-huh. that last little bit of judginess out of the way. But uh, <laughs> I mean, the only argument against that is the whole blue light thing, but my TV's on until I go to sleep, so I have the blue light issue too. Well, um, I mean, you know you have the option to turn that off on your phone, right? 
Yeah, but it's not off off. I mean, I don't I don't think that uh, there's nobody that says know. that that's completely. It's better for you. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not arguing that that it's a bad thing because, like I said, I got the whole TV thing, and I look at my yeah. phone too up until I go to bed. I'm just saying that that's probably the only the only thing about that's versus a book. Like I don't know about you. I, I love to read, but it's hard for me to read because I get sleepy. And mm-hmm. if I really want to go out, I read, it could be the best book in the world too. And sometimes I have trouble putting it down, but usually I start dozing off and it's 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 over have you ever been interested in like the blue light glasses i know a lot of people there's a lot of like bodybuilders and stuff too like people who who are i mean like really worried about making sure they're getting enough sleep throughout the night and things like that they swear by like those blue light glasses that you wear for i guess like an hour or so before you go to bed that just blocks out all of that blue light before you go to bed yeah i, I should be i should be more into it honestly something because sleep is not my strong suit, and it never has been. There's only been, like, I can remember maybe a couple-year stretch of my life, like literally, where I actually got good sleep. And it, it, it's weird that that's the case, but um, a lot of reasons for that, too, I believe. But uh, I should really be more into sleep hygiene. Like, I get a sufficient amount, but not, like, not an optimal amount, you know. Right. And, and there's so many things that you can do that I don't. It's difficult for me, though, i got to admit, because of... The, you know, circumstances around my life, having kids, this and that, not enough time in the day, yada, yada, you know, the usual, but, um, I don't, yeah, I, I need to, maybe I could check out, you know, check out some of those glasses, but there's, there's things in my routine that need tweaked that I just don't yeah. do well. Do you, do you cut out caffeine and stuff like that in your afternoon? Usually, usually. Yeah. And that's I just, know, I know your, I know your job can be taxing quite a bit. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times it runs into later in the evening. And I was just curious if, you know, a, a diet soda or an energy drink or coffee or anything like that is ever thrown in in the afternoon. Like I'm to the point now to where after like after 12 o'clock PM, I don't take in caffeine anymore at all. Yeah. Like even if I go to the gym, I, if I'm going to take some kind of a pre-workout, it's going to be a non-stem pre-workout. Because I just it it will affect me. I know it will. And it there's nothing worse to me than that feeling of when I lay down in bed and I'm tired, and then uh, I've been laying there for like five minutes, and I realize that I've been tossing and turning, and it's just that click of a moment where you're like, I'm not going to sleep well tonight, you know. And then you're just spending the rest of your night just fighting trying to sleep. Yeah, I absolutely hate that feeling. Yeah, and, and it's a. You, you can trace it back, but it's difficult to stabilize because it is a domino effect. Okay, mm-hmm. so I get on my sleep routine, right? Let's, let's say that happens, and, and it does. But then something will happen. I'll, I'll pull a late night, all right, something like that. Or, or it's just a crazy – in driving, if I have to drive a distance, oftentimes I'm drinking caffeine on my way back home. Right. You know, it's something like that will break my routine – and I'll drink some caffeine. It'll affect my sleep that night. I wake up the next day, have to supplement with more caffeine, and here we go. And this, you know, this roller coaster ride of a, a cycle that is difficult to come back around, you know, because it, it got off track. I just I don't have the kind of life where I can have such a stabilized routine. You know, I, I, a big part of that, which, like I said before, I've never had really good sleep. But man, if, if anybody has kids and they don't just come out like with with a good set routine themselves then I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know. How, you write a book and let me read it because it'll put me to sleep for one thing. But uh, if you uh, if you can figure that out, how I can actually get a routine and have kids at the same time, it, you know, it's a set routine. I've got something decent, but man, it's not easy. It's not easy. But you, you, just, threw, you just threw a decent insult in there to someone. That, I, that was crazy. Like, if you can give me some instruction, write a book and let me read it so I can fall asleep. <laughs> well, because I was just talking earlier, too, about how I fall asleep when I'm reading a book, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, you're, I, I get it. Um, you know, it, it amazes me, though, how easily distracted we can be. Um, of course, you know, having to pull a late night at work, when you're working in mental health um, and, and things, things can go sideways just... You don't see it coming sometimes, man. It just happens. And that can go mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. I can't, you know, there's no, not enough time. It's a whole other show in and of itself. But something is simple. Back to technology and, and why technology is so distracting. I, I want to see, I'm curious as whether you do this or not. I will open up my phone, 
right? Turn it on to, I have something in mind. I'm going to text mom, let's say, or I'm going to text Colt or, or whatever. I open it up and I get a note. I have a notification waiting for me there. So I don't even think about it. I go to that notification, look at it five, 10 minutes later, sometimes days later. I'm like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that thing, but I got distracted by that notification that said, I've got a Facebook, you know, something or, or there was a new video on my subscribed YouTubes or whatever, right? Could be anything, a new email. Does that happen to you? Yes. And it, it drives me nuts because like, I'll even have the thought while I'm looking at that notification or whatever, yeah. like, oh, well, I won't forget what I was going to do. There's no way. And then like several days later, I'm like, oh crap, I was going to call him or I was going to do, you know, say, oh, now you feel like an asshole because you didn't do what you were originally planning on doing. But for one, that happens to me because I'm a person that hates notifications on my phone. I should... Like, I want to know if I get a notification. Like, I want to know if I get an email. I want to know if I got a Facebook notification or an Instagram notification. But I can't stand to have that little one that sits on the app on my phone. <laughs> it's got to go away immediately. Right. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. it. It just drives me insane. So, that, so that's one reason. But, yeah. I, um, do you feel like you get the dopamine hit from that one notification? Or you just think it's like a routine that you've just kind of gotten yourself into to take care of that first? I, for me, I think it's the routine. I really do. I, I think that is what it is for me, but I can't like completely take away the, the notion of the dopamine, right? It's always at play, right? Even, even if we don't, if we don't like have a, an upfront awareness of it, it's always, it has a play because I like mm-hmm. to feel like I'm, I'm better than that notification. Like that stuff doesn't <laughs> work on me. I'm sure it does. Because it, and it depends on what it is. Kind of going back, it could be another episode all in of itself. Like like, what is a, a Facebook like, right, or uh-huh. or a Twitter like, or whatever the case may be, Instagram, whatever it is. You know what what does that mean to you, right? And, and for me though, it depends on what it is. Like I said, I, I invest a little more in some posts than I do others. Um, not that I really invest a whole lot in any of them, but like you know something for the podcast. I hope I get you know some likes, um, and, and it's something that's you know. Uh, anything else like a funny meme? I just hope the right people. I hope it gets into the right hands because I know they're really gonna like me. Oh yeah, I get that one. Yeah, <laughs> I just want. The, I just want that little nod. It's like okay, yeah. <laughs> I wish they had a nod, you know, instead of a like for some. It's like a wink, you know. Um, and, and for others, like you know, if it's for my kid about my kids or something like that, that's usually when I do get the most likes because they're much more likable than what I am, right? They're kids. Uh, right. Unless you have to wake them up in the morning for school and then they're not so likable. So <laughs> you feel fortunate that you're not, you know, there then. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the distracting element, I think it's routine to answer your question. I think it is part of the routine. We are being hypnotized when we don't even realize it. Watch your routines. Watch, watch what it is that you do without even thinking about it. You're on autopilot. You wake up first thing and you look at your phone. Watch that. You open up your phone and there's a notification. Well, you don't like that flag. Hmm. I wonder if they thought about that before they started making notifications to know that the psychology of the mind that that gets into people's minds and they want to make sure that's clear. And so it's this mm-hmm. constant thing, always you know, constantly checking your phone. It's always a matter of they are trying to monopolize our attention, right? They do that those little flags that drive you nuts, which mm-hmm. you know those flags really don't. Also, it doesn't bother me too bad. Um, I know some people like you. They can't stand a notification on there. They have to clear them all out. And if they don't, then mm-hmm. I know people who have deleted apps because they couldn't figure out how to how to get them to go away. So you <laughs> know, whatever whatever gives you peace. I mean, but it's interesting too because when you've got a black screen and you go to turn that black screen off to go to your apps, there's a feeling of like I want there to be notifications mm. because that means that there's something there to look at, right? But then there's not. You're like, well, crap. But if there is, you're like, I got to get rid of that now, (laughs) like really fast. But hey, let me uh, ask you this real quick. I noticed the other day that for some reason, I completely forget that there's multiple reactions on Facebook. Like, you know how you can hold down the like button and you can choose what reaction you want to use. Do you ever feel like you've used the wrong reaction on somebody's post? Like, like like just liking something when it's a, a post that's really sad? Or something, do you ever feel like you've accidentally used the wrong one or like that the other person takes that 
differently. Oh, my grandma passed away and you just hit the like button instead <laughs> yeah. of using like the sad icon or something, right? Yeah, I do have. Do you ever feel that way? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've done, I've done the exact same thing. It's like, which which one do I hit here? You have to kind of, uh, I gauge it a lot of times off of uh, the other emojis or whatever, the other exactly, uh, reactions. Yeah. What everybody else is doing, yeah. Yeah, because I learned that with, with things like, oh, my grandma just died, you want to hit that care button, you know, with that little emoji in the heart. Um, mm -hmm. That shows that you care because if you hit like, well, you like that my grandma died, you jerk, you know, or right. or you love it, you heart that my grandma died. Now you're like a super jerk. <laughs> oh, well, you care about me? They're like, okay, now now we're getting somewhere. Don't don't <laughs> thumbs down, of course. I mean, I mean, it sucks that your grandma died, so thumbs down yeah. to that, right? <laughs> right, yeah, lame. <laughs> it's all <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I have been through that. That's funny that you bring that up. I think a lot of these things. Are are kind of like archetypes, man. It's just by that I mean it's common experiences that we have. It's a universal. Some of these things are like universal things that we go through because we're human beings, and human beings have a lot of generalities. We have a lot of uh, things that are universal to us, and since we are interfacing with this particular mechanism, this app, you know, this technology, and the technology is is gauged off of our reactions. It's trying its best just to you know computerize us then um, we kind of go through the same thing. So it's, it's interesting that you brought that up because I, I do that all the time. Like I don't know whether to hit like or, or what to do. And I also wonder if sometimes, like, you know, if I hit love, if somebody's going to get the wrong impressions, like, you know, is, 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 he, is he flirting with me? <laughs> you know? I mean, everybody else liked it, but he loved it. So is yeah. that like a, you know? Well, let me ask you this. Do you get a, fee do you get a different feeling when somebody depending on what emoji they use on yours or like what, how they like it. So you have a bunch of people who put, you post something funny and a lot of people just hit like, and then a lot of people use like the really laughing out loud emoji deal. Like, do you feel differently? Like they, if they took the time, the extra one second to use that one instead, it, were they really laughing out loud? Like they probably were like, they really got this joke. Like they, they really thought it was funny. Versus the people who liked it were like, uh, I'll throw them a like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just throwing likes like candy at a parade. It doesn't really mean anything. Uh -huh. It's always the cheap candy. It's not like Reese Cups <laughs> or anything. You know, hey, I'm not above cheap likes, so I'll take them. <laughs> I, will, I, mean. I will too. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that. <laughs> I go to parades. No, it's, it's you know, I do. I, I, do I, I put some thought into it a lot of times, and I catch myself. Like I'm sure, like you just said, with throwing out likes, I catch myself doing that too. I'll, I'll look at something and I'll like it without even really like engaging with what it was. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't just see who it was and like because I don't want to, you know, you got to still be somewhat conscious. And I try to be engaging. But I do catch myself just kind of going through the motions and not even really engaging with the post and, and to think about whether I actually like it or not. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of scan it. Okay, like, okay, like, okay, like. And so I try to stop myself. Once again, being intentional, I think, is the only, I think it's our only, like, it's the only shot we've got, man. It's the only shot we've got. Stay intentional. Don't let our routine, like, become us, you know, uh, especially when it's interfacing with technology. Because technology is, if we are not being intentional, then technology is the one, the thing that's guiding us. And we're not mm -hmm. using technology. It's, it's the opposite, you know. So mm -hmm. I like every once in a while I throw out that ha ha reaction on Facebook, but it's, it's something that I, I really, I want the person to know, Hey, that was funny. You know, I, I find that funny. <laughs> this isn't just a like, like I engage with this and it was good, but, and I, and I, I take it the same way with people who, who laugh at my stuff because I, I, you know, I don't get a whole lot of those. So when I do, I know it's like that, that guy thought it was really funny. Now, when that yeah. care, that, that emoji heart thing first came out, the care emoji, uh, when that first came out, I started throwing it everywhere just because I thought it was silly. And so I just put, I put it on stuff that was highly inappropriate, you know, <laughs> just, yeah. I, I was just using it just to be a goof and, until I noticed a couple of other people doing it. And then I stopped because it, you know, I didn't feel like it was genuine enough anymore. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ran its course, but, uh, but now I actually use it appropriately. It, it kind of grew on me. So. Gotcha. Technology does that, man. Technology does yeah, that. Does. As a matter of fact, we are we need to be careful about the the pervasiveness of technology. And I say that we need to be careful. 
I don't think there's anything we can do, okay? Now, we're, we're getting ready to watch a video here, Colt, and it's from a website called breakingthematrix.com. And this is a video compiled of different videos, right? It, it's like a, uh, well, you'll, you'll see. But breaking, I mean, we, we talk a lot about the matrix, at least we, we used to, um, about living in the matrix and, and unplugging from the matrix. Some of the stuff that's in technology right now really leans toward some matrix type of stuff. And it doesn't seem like there's any way to put on the brakes. One of those reasons is because we're afraid that competitors, someone like China, China, or China. someone like uh, you know Russia, whomever, any of our enemies, especially some that have technology, you know, that are a little more proficient with technology, uh, would be China, um, is going to get there first. They're going to create this AI, and they're going to beat us to it, the Western world, and they're going to somehow use it in some kind of a nefarious plot. Um, but people who, and I'm going to I'm going to say this term once, and then I'm going to kind of backtrack on it. But people who use conspiracy theories um, have the idea that it's not a country per se that that's going to be able to use this. It's an elite group of people, the the one percent in the world, the richest of the rich, who don't just want the money; they want to be all powerful. They want all the power in the world to belong to them, so that. They want to be masters of the universe, and so this is really what we're gearing toward. Um, but there might be a thought that countries themselves might, you know, there's still a race there to see who, which country can get there first, right? So we're going to watch this video, and then we're going to discuss it, and I don't know, man. It's some scary stuff if you ask me. They call it part of the fourth industrial revolution. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing but it changes us. The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Up until now, the conversation we've been having is around freedom of speech. Once we can access people's thoughts and access people's emotions. The focus, as all of you know, today is on what's now called the Internet of Bodies, involving medical implants and other kinds of devices that go inside your body and all together with the internet as a whole comprise the internet of bodies. The internet of bodies or IOB is, um, is actually an ecosystem. It's a bunch of devices that are connected to the internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you or can alter the body's function. We think of the internet of bodies as this collection of all these devices as well as all the data that the devices are gathering about you. And in healthcare, it's Internet of Bodies has, has been around for quite a while. So the Internet of Bodies, um, imagine the power of AI. What is artificial intelligence? It's a way to automate computation and cognition. So we can now automate learning, perceiving, uh, doing computation. It's a pervasive general purpose technology that will be used in all of our industries that will come into our professional networks, our private networks, our schools, our industries and our offices. What I wanted to epitomize with the Internet of Bodies is this notion that we will be under assessment, we will be under measure of computation in every aspect of our lives in the future, from what you eat, who you date, what you buy on the internet, um, how much energy you use, but also what are your vital signs, how well are you doing in terms of health, uh, what kind of specific genetic quirks do you have, what's your genome telling about your health, about your mental health, mm -hmm. about how well you are doing, how well you are aging, what kind of disease you are sus susceptible to. It has a bit of an Orwellian twinge to it. Well. <laughs> okay, so said so it has a little bit of a, an Orwellian twinge to it. <laughs> yeah, kind of, you think? <laughs> a little bit. So the, inter got, the Internet of that, Bodies, your thoughts? Through that, whole, through that whole video, I'm just thinking about smart toilets. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, well, I take that back. I'm thinking about smart toilets and Apple Watches. Okay. Like, because that's, I mean, those are two major things. Okay, not really the smart toilets, but in the future... That's probably something that they're like they're going to be talking about. But the biggest thing is like Apple Watches and things like that that are tracking all of our vital signs, you know, oxygen levels and heart rate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
but this this takes it a step further, I, I believe, because basically, I mean, and I guess Apple Watch is, is, is like the tip of that iceberg. But how she says every aspect of our lives will be under evaluation, okay? Who's evaluating? Who's doing that? Who is the, who's the person behind the buttons? Who is the person in control and why? And why would we want that? Why, why do we as people have this, this drive, this death drive toward technology and toward it, like letting, letting it take us over in, in all these aspects of knowing everything about us? It's like there, there, is something, there is something very human about not knowing stuff. You know, there's something very human about not knowing whether or not I'm going to live to see tomorrow or, or whether or not, you know, when there's a danger present, you know, that fight or flight or freeze response that takes over, there, there's something very, very primal about that. It did, you know, it, it come from thousands of years of, of, you know, of people being people and of facing threats. Why is it that the Internet of Bodies is a thing? Who's pushing for this and why? And, and it seems like to me, and I, I mentioned the, the term that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reframe it now, because at some point in time, when does a conspiracy theory stop being a theory? And when is it just a conspiracy? You know, I can't say for sure. I can't say where these, this compilation of videos come from altogether. But I can tell you that with, a, with a pretty high degree of certainty that there are some people out there who are making this kind of technology happen. Why? W- without the conspiracy behind it, why? Is it for my health so that they can better manage my, my health via my vital signs? If that, then why are they interested in my relationships? And, and once again, just like a computer, can a person be hacked and can a person be given like a, a virus, so to speak, in the, in the, the technological sense? What do you think? Do you have the same kind of concern that I have just seeing something like that? Does it cause you the same like amount of unease or is it, am I just that kind of guy? No, it does. But it goes back to, we talk about convenience a lot, right? Like when it comes to just ordering on Amazon versus going into a store or ordering through Walmart versus going to a local shop to get something or something like that. Right. We talk about convenience. Yeah. Um, This kind of stuff especially when it comes to our health and all that, right? Like it's a lot of people can look at it as it's a convenience thing. Like this is stuff that I don't have to worry about anymore. Or if there is something to worry about, I have technology that's going to catch it for me to take action versus, you know, having to do my own research or having to, you know, really try to find this stuff on my own. I I, I think there's a convenience factor that people are going to look at with this, but it is freaky. I mean, it's, it's weird to think that every, I mean, she literally said every aspect of our lives will be controlled by technology at some point. That's like you said, the human element, like taking the human element completely out of ourselves is weird. Like not having to, at some point, like not having to even think for ourselves about anything really. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I mean, we could go down a lot of rabbit holes here, but the metaverse that Zuckerberg is seeking to create. You know, that is, in a sense, man, we are talking about the Matrix. I mean, am I right? It's, it's not going to be quite as maybe um, all-inclusive. It's not going to be quite as submersive as, as the Matrix, where you actually can't tell the difference. But how far down the road are we from something like that? And, and, and the Matrix might be a little fantastical, the movie itself, might be a little fantastical in the sense of humans just being like in battery pods and all slimy and naked with, you know, things coming <laughs> on the back of their heads, man. It was, you know, it's gross. But um, that might be a little fantastical, but in a sense, think about it. It, it is metaphorical and it is, we, we are now, and I forget how this leaked, but it's, it's a pretty common phrase now that that's out for these big social media companies, we're not the customer. We are the product, all right? And that, that, that was actually said by, I don't know if it was Zuckerberg, but it was one of those, those masters of the universe type of dudes. The, 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 the social media uh, viewer, those of us that ingest that, we are the product, okay? The consumer to them is the advertisers. 
the advertising dollars go to the social media. They're using that platform to sell to us, and they're doing a lot of it under under the conscious level that that we like under our our, our top level of awareness because. We're just scrolling around, yada, yada, looking around, and lo and behold, there's an ad on Facebook for that thing that I was talking about not five, ten minutes ago. You know, and people finally started to catch up and notice these things. But it's like it didn't stop us from social media and social media ing. Um, looking at social media, you know, it, it didn't stop us from doing no, that. No, now, now we just joke about it, right? You see that meme that comes across every once in a while. It's like it's like John C. Riley or something looking around like because he just thought about something a couple of minutes ago and now it, the ad is coming up on your Facebook, you know? Right. It, we, we just, we're like, at first it's like, that's really creepy. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but it's funny. It's, that's funny. Let's, <laughs> let's just make jokes about it. <laughs> I, I guess we laugh or else we, we cry. I don't know. But, but we do. <laughs> we are, and I use this a lot, I understand, bear with me, but we are the frog in the boiling pot of water. And for those of you who don't know, I'm sure that you do, but let me let me go through the motions just in case because it's a valid point. You know, the old the old adage goes that if you have a boiling pot of water and you throw a frog in there, he's going to jump right back out because it's boiling water. It's hot. He can feel it. He panics. Boom. Reflex, he jumps out. But if you put a, a frog in a pot of water that's not yet boiling, it's at room temperature, and then you slowly boil it, the frog stays in there and boils because he doesn't realize that he's being boiled because he's just comfortable until it's too late. And that's mm-hmm. what technology has been doing to us this entire time. We, we, don't, we don't blink an eye at Facebook and, and all the other social media moguls basically infringing on our, our privacy. We sign off on it. We got that big terms and conditions thing that nobody reads because it's you know 20 pages long or whatever. And so they put all kinds of crap in there. We sign off on it, and we're basically signing away our rights to privacy. And, and all of these companies, it's the same thing that Congress does. They get this big bill, and it's, it's 1,000, 2,000 pages long. Nobody's reading 1,000, 2,000 pages. Nobody Especially is. Like in like three days when it's normally how it works, right? Even if, and, and even after they sign it, how many people, How many uh, have you ever read a, a bill? I haven't. Right. You know, right. it, it's not just because they're not accessible, because I, th- you know, I think they are. I think you can find them somewhere. it's not my thing. I'm not going to read through it. And, and, you know, I I expect somebody else to tell me what it is. We're, we're in a slow (laughs) boil. I'm serious. We're, we're, we're in a slow boil. And and it's because we, I don't know, we got better things to do. We, we, you know, so, so we get on, we get on Facebook, we do our thing while all the while they're tracking us through our phones. And, And at this point, I believe for the most part, all they're doing is trying to sell to us. It's, it's not anything more nefarious than that but the stage is set that's the thing too though when it comes to like the health stuff and tracking everyone's data and this that and the other like they're only doing it for if the need arises right that they were to need that information like it's all tracked but like there's there's billions of people on the earth right yeah like we're we're you know, to track the data from all of those people, like unless the need were to arise for certain people that they need the information on, right? Like that's... So to aggregate data, I mean, this is just me using my imagination. There's no telling what kind of systems are actually in place. You know, I've heard somebody say, I don't remember if it was Edward Snowden, but someone like him who said, the worst conspiracies that, that are in our imaginations or that are out there like on the webs right now, don't even really come close to what's actually going on, okay? Because oh, sure. we don't understand the technology that they have. It's it's well beyond anything that we have our hands on. So they're doing things that, you know, it's crazy. But they aggregate all this information. Now I I agree with your basic premise. So this is what I believe. They because because with the Patriot Act they have been able to to wireless or, or tap anyone's phone basically whatever that is you know be able to track people's conversations or the communication. Let me put it that way. They've been able to do that without a, a warrant, a warrantless tap or whatever it is. And so are they really listening to every single one of our conversations, um, even though they probably have the potential to? I seriously doubt it because who would want to anyway, right? But so they, what they do is they, they flag for keywords, right? Those keywords that come up, 
those are going to be flagged, especially if it relates to anything that could be linked to terrorism or anything like that, right? So that gets put in a separate file. They don't have to do this with human beings. They've got AI. They've got computers to do this already. Computer hears that right. word, files it over here, and they've got it ready, okay? So how many different files have they got with different keywords that they're trying to, like, just store? And, and it, it, maybe it's of no use right now, but it's there. The fact that it's there is the, the big problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. I used to be a guy that said, well, if, if I don't have anything to hide, then I shouldn't worry about it. I was one of those guys. When it came, it was, it was after 9-11. I was one of those people that said, well, I don't have anything to hide, so I don't care what they listen to. It's like, you know, oh, George Bush, you listening right now? Hello, George. How can you hear me? <laughs> this is me doing nothing. So I hope you had. I didn't care. Nowadays, I have a little more of a, an awareness about the slippery slope that that is. At least I feel like I do. Um, and, and once again, this is just what I can imagine they might be doing to segregate people and to create division in, in order to divide and conquer, in order to keep division among the people so we don't focus on the, the nefariousness that they're doing, that the, that the elites are doing, the control that they're taking, the massive transfer of wealth that they're, that they're stealing. Constantly they're doing these things. Everything from like a pandemic that causes, that helps them to steal wealth with vaccinations, so-called vaccinations that cause them, that help them to steal wealth. Um, there's a lot of things going on, and we're too busy fighting about which bathroom to use. Or we're fighting about, you know, uh, race, religion, you know, different things like that. And they're well, you know, you see, you see, that's another Facebook thing that you see all the time too. Is like, oh, well, this is going on, so let's throw something else at them to, you know, just to keep them thinking about what's over here, not what we're actually doing over here. I always use that. Uh, is it from Goldmember, the woman on there? Like, uh, what was the murder hornets or whatever that was a big one that went around for a while when they were talking about murder hornets coming uh-huh. they're like oh this is going on let's throw murder hornets at them yeah you know like yeah. it's yeah it's it's crazy yeah yeah uh, yeah that was that was good that lady that would scream i can't remember her uh-huh. name from that from that gold member movie yeah, yeah that, that's exactly right though it's like well the pandemic's not scaring them enough anymore let's throw this at them well, let's, let's mm-hmm. talk about this for a while and that's that's pretty much seems like what what the case is you know so at any mm-hmm. rate it, it, this, is, this is very plausible what we're talking about here, and um, I'll show you why. Because of you know one man here that um, is at the forefront of a lot of these types of technologies, and that is our good friend Elon Musk. And this is from Business Insider. And of course, you know when, you, when we're looking at these websites, you can see the link right up top there. You can, you can go to these. Uh, there's, your, there's your source. But Elon Musk said Neuralink hopes to start implanting chips in humans in 2022, later than he anticipated, right? So this is our friend Elon here. Elon Musk, you know him as the Tesla inventor. Um, He also is digging massive tunnels underneath Los Angeles. He's going to build these massive railway systems, you know, and and he is like, Joe Rogan mentioned this. He was, this is not an original uh, James Jam quote, but he is like our Tony Stark. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Elon made himself an Iron Man suit and started flying around, like, you know, saving the day. Just mm-hmm. the type of guy that he is. But this is, for those of you who don't know what Neuralink is, you need to do your research and check it out. Um, it says right here, his brain interface technology company hopes to start implanting its microchips in humans next year. So... Neuralink is a chip that goes inside of brains and can interface with a, a brain. Okay, so I almost said human because right now, we have, I don't think that we've done it in humans. If he does, it's, it's being killed, it's being kept uh, very quiet. But he's done it in monkeys with success. Okay, and I noticed my table just shaking there. That was my leg. But he's he's done it with with monkeys with success. Okay, and it says right here that he's developing a chip. That would be implanted in people's brains simultaneously to record and stimulate brain activity. It's intended to have medical applications, such as treating serious spinal cord injuries and neurological disorders. All right. So the point of this is, this is stuff that's happening in real time, ladies and gentlemen. We I'm try- are. I'm trying. I'm trying to wrap my head around how that works. How I mean, because I'm a dumb dumb and I'm not an Elon Musk, but. How putting a chip in your brain, like what does that do to help with like spinal cord injuries and stuff like that? I'm curious. Stimulating a part of the brain that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, uh, 
there aren't there aren't like he's one of a kind, right? There are very few people like him, maybe even throughout history. There's probably like just handfuls of people with that level of genius. I mean, who is this guy? You know, right. <laughs> he's insane. He's also with us, he, you know, he's the uh, founder of SpaceX, the owner of SpaceX, sending, mm-hmm. sending rockets all over the place. He's the, he's the guy that made, uh, not NASA, he's the guy that made a rocket that can land back down as a rocket and take off again as a rocket, you know, without having to have separate uh, fuel tanks and boosters and whatnot, however those work. I'm not a rocket guy, so don't quote me on that. I just know that <laughs> he's doing some crazy stuff out there, man. <laughs> and so this technology is here. It's no longer fantastical. It's no longer like in the future. It's no longer in the movies. Like the, the stuff is, it's coming. It's here. It just has to be implemented. And if you, if you watch, if, if you've been paying attention to a lot of the conspiracies that you wonder, well, how could they possibly do this? How could they possibly do that? This kind of technology is out there now. This is how they could possibly do it. And that's why their intentions to me are so concerning because we're living in a time where they could actually implement. You know, they could implement, they, they have a computer. And I saw this, and this, this documentary I was watching last night was about, I want to say, maybe six or seven years old, if not more. It might be closer to 10 years old, dude. Maybe. It, it, it's, it's pretty old. I think it was pre-2012, actually. Anyway, my point is, no, it's pre-2016 at least. Anyway. Um, they were talking about a computer they have now to that that was uh, being used to decipher the information via the Patriot Act. It can scan, like, I, I don't remember what it was, like 10 gigabytes of information per second. It could scan the every every word in the entire Library of Congress in like 15 minutes, all right? That kind of processing speed, that kind of processing power, and, and that was, like I said, it's been years ago, so there's no telling. Every year that kind of technology multiplies exponentially, especially mm-hmm. with the advent of AI. Here's the kicker about AI, is that AI, which thinks for itself, basically, I mean, not necessarily as you and I think, and that's where it gets conflated a lot of times. We, we think of it as thinking like a human brain. It calculates like a computer, but it has somewhat of a, uh, a self-directed system, hence artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. But AI is even better at building AI than what we are, right? Right. So when that happens and when it when it truly takes off, AI is going to be able to take over, right? Because it, it doesn't need us anymore. We are gonna be we are gonna be the monkey to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so once that happens, the, the kind of processing power we can't even imagine. And we're and we're infusing ourselves with this technology that is going to eventually take over. And so to me, I, I think it's some pretty heavy stuff, man. If you really think about it, it's like, what does that even look like and why? Why, why do we want to do that? I understand the health, you know, the implications. Yeah, you know what? Sickness and, and, and death and uncertainty and all that is a big part of the human experience. And when it comes to my time, when I get sick or, or if I get close to dying, like especially if it's before my time, um, what I consider before my time, before I'm old and gray and just can't stand it anymore, um, then I'm probably going to want something, whatever it is, to make me live longer, to make me better. But as as a whole, when I think about it, I, I it seems like it's we're heading down a, a path that's anything but humane. Yeah, I don't, man. It's 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 weird to think about. Like I'm I'm picturing iRobot, but the the big computer that he has to that he has to take out at the end that's Elon Musk. Like that's the overall, you know, thing. But I've also been thinking about, uh, you know, talking about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's talked a lot about uh, like downloading consciousness into, uh, you know, con- like downloading someone's consciousness into a computer and things like that, like the Ex Machina, you know, movie and stuff like that too. That's kind of where I've been, what I've been thinking about too. And that's, it, it's freaky, right? Like it's, it's, it's weird to, to think about like me being me, but not in me. Yes. Yes. And to think that that's possible to do that. Is it? Is is it possible yet? Do you know if we can actually? I don't, I don't know, but but I mean, what kind of things are these chips that's being put into people's brains? What 
besides helping people, what is it actually, like, is it able to actually take information from a person's brain? I have if so, why couldn't that be done? Yeah, I have to assume that it can. And, and I, that was kind of a, I, I don't know, because I feel like they can. I, I feel like the answer is yes. I, I think I think they could probably upload some version. I, I don't know how far the technology is, to be honest with you, but I feel like there's probably some version of them being able to upload consciousness into digital form. I'm sure it's a lot farther along than we want to think that it is. Right. <laughs> and, and I, But I don't think, see, because I, I, I do believe in, like, the human spirit. Like, that's something that I do believe in. And I, I don't believe that it's possible to actually upload that. I, I think what you can, if you can upload anything, it, it's uploading signals, electrical impulses, and things like that. Um, that uh, you upload that, and, and it works in the same fashion. It processes in the same way that a brain would. But it's still not that person. You know, I, I believe that, that you can't like, upload an essence like the, of someone. Yeah, like the personality or, you know, that kind of thing. You can't really transfer that from a human body to something else you, you can only mimic it yeah you know it, it can only be a um you know a, 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 you can only mimic it whatever the word is there i'm looking for but it's going to be artificial right it, it can't be yeah. the real thing you you probably haven't watched it yet but you need to watch the movie transcendence by with johnny depp it, it is he uploads himself into the computer he's uploaded into the computer right before he dies um, and, and what happens is it, it's pretty wild. It's a lot of what we're talking about. I, I had to look it up again. IMDb. It, it's it's. I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't know how you've ever lived without it this long because anything I want to know, and I, I can't remember the name of that movie for some reason, but I just looked Johnny Depp, and I, I knew it was pretty recent years. That movie is is also pretty telling. It's not. It, it's a little more Hollywood-ish than Ex Machina. Ex Machina was a you know that was just a great film, not just because it was good, it was riveting, but also because it was um, not Hollywood so much. You know, it was a, a smaller budgeted film, even though it, you know it didn't really look like it. But it was an independent film that, and it just it had that feel about it too. I, I love that movie. It's one of my top movies of all time. Ex Machina, Transcendence is good though. I highly recommend you watch it. It's not going to be something that you want to watch. I've watched Ex Machina probably twenty times, if not more. Um, Transcendence, I've, I've I've watched it a couple times just because I want to. You know, take it all in, get the full effect of it. But one more aspect, Colt, that we that we need to be aware of when it comes to all of this infusion with technology that's taking place is the fact, and I keep alluding to it, but who is behind the buttons, so to speak? Okay. So this was something that you sent me that you felt like was pretty interesting, and I tend to agree. And it's about a an organization, I guess you'd call them, called ICANN. And it says here the Internet is actually controlled by 14 people who actually have secret keys, right? They hold mm-hmm. physical keys to the Internet. Seven of these people, or 14 people, 14 people. Um, it says here that people conducting the ceremony, right here, people conducting the ceremony, are part of an organization called Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, a.k.a. ICANN. ICANN is responsible for assigning numerical Internet addresses to websites and computers and translating them into the normal web addresses that people type into their browsers. So This is an actual thing. Um, and we can look at it, for instance, here. It says, type 64.27.101. .155 into your browser and you'll be taken to Business Insider's webpage, which happens to be this webpage that we're on right now. You can look it up yourself. You can see the uh, what's going on up top there. I can maps the numbers easier for computer to use with words easier for humans to use. Now this is where it starts to get important for our conversation. If someone were to gain control of ICANN's database, that person would control the internet. For instance, the person could send people to fake, fake bank websites instead of real bank websites, okay? On the mm-hmm. other hand, if calamity happened, the ICANN database could need to be rebuilt. So ICANN came up with a way to do that without entrusting too much control to any one person. 
which is important, right? It's important that not one person has this key. That's why there's 14 of them. It selected mm-hmm. seven people as key holders and gave each one an actual key to the internet. It selected seven more people to be backup key holders, 14 people in all. All right, so this is a pretty decently sounding fail-safe to keep the internet independent, right? But this is like Captain Planet, right? Because you because all those people have to their keys have to be put together to make one big internet key. Yeah, it goes in further into the article and they talk about how they put their rings together and, and the <laughs> big yeah. light no, it doesn't really. But <laughs> but you're right, that's exactly what it's like. It's like these seven 14 people with seven key holders and seven backups. But these 14 people are responsible to keep the internet honest, basically, and so to speak. Now, is there a lot of dishonesty out in the internet? Yes. But you have the freedom to be dishonest. You also have the freedom to call out dishonesty. You know, and, and so you're basically the, the user of the internet is free to make his or her own decisions based off of what are websites that they're gravitating toward. As opposed, think about if one or two people, namely the elites, right, because they're always behind some kind of chicanery that's nefarious and controlling, and they want to just control our minds and every <laughs> aspect of our lives because they just want to be masters of the universe. Imagine them being in control and what the information would look like. It's It would direct every all the traffic into one line of thinking that, of course, is going to be whatever it is to keep them in, in control. They want to have that power over mind so that there's no questioning them and they can just have their way with humanity, treat humanity like puppets, like pets, like robots, you know, you know infused with the, uh, the technology, living in this augmented reality that is not quite a computer, but not quite human either. So imagine if this ICANN fell apart, if, if and when, because I can't imagine that the Internet's going to be able to stay free forever. I'm surprised it's still... You know, if this is the case, mind you, this article was back in 2014, so it is dated. But I, I don't know what the more recent um, information on ICANN would be. But imagine I, mean, I, could pro- I could probably do some research to find out, but I would like to know, like, how they chose those 14 people. Yeah, who chose and who it, and who chose those 14 people? Yeah, yeah that, another good point. And maybe it is yeah. already under nefarious control. You know, I just have to assume that. You know, since there's 14 of them, and there's you know that that could be 14 complete jerks who mm-hmm. have that w- with mastermind uh, capabilities and potential and intentions. So yeah, I don't know, yeah. but at, at this point, I'm just I'm, I'm assuming I'm starting with a benefit of the doubt and assuming that it's not under nefarious control. But imagine if we are truly locked in to technology via like neural link chips in our brains and that started out for good reasons start out because we needed, you know, health uh, data or we had injuries or we had disease and this neural link was able to mitigate those issues. But now just like anything else, those chips are able to be hacked. They're able to be controlled. And, and with that measure of control, I mean, you could do anything you want as long as you're the guy behind the button. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing like, one keyhole and these seven people just decide one day we need to turn the internet off and they all get together and they put that one key in that keyhole and turn it off. And then what would happen? Like if, I mean, if the internet went away, could we survive anymore? Like the internet's connected to everything Mm -hmm. now, right? Yes. I I don't know if we could survive unless unless we were like growing our own food. And living like cavemen. <laughs> Chaos would ensue. Yeah. But it would probably be the best thing in the long run for humanity. If it happened. IMO. IMO. Yeah. Because we're too plugged in now. And there's no yeah. there's no turning back unless, you know, something uh big were you know were to take place like that. But do I hope that it yeah. happens? Well I'd be be tough. <laughs> I really like the <laughs> internet a lot. <laughs> you know. Do you ever do you ever think about like one of those if one of those uh massive volcanoes actually erupts and it just takes us all out, like how many years it would take 
to get back to where we are now or if it's even possible to get back to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be crazy because, yeah. of course, if uh, the one here over in Yellowstone, what is it? Whatever that is. It, it's a super volcano. But yeah. if, if it erupted, you know, it, it's going to kill some people just with the, you know, the explosion, the, the, the lava, you know, just everything, the soot. It's going to choke people out. But the long-term effects, it's going to create a cloud and it's going to cool the earth and you're not going to be able to grow anything. You know, it's going to be desolate, like a kind of like a desert um, for a long time. And and your technology will be useless at that point, at least I assume it will be, you know, to some degree. And a lot, a lot of people are going to die. It's going to be, I think, what they call a near extinction event mm-hmm. um, for the world. I think I think on this side of the world, we're, we're probably toast, probably literally. Yeah. But for the world in general, I think it's going to be a near extinction. There's going to be a massive, massive, like millions and millions, maybe even billions of people that die. Have we thought about like putting a lid on it just in case? Yeah, you know, I, I think <laughs> I think maybe you need to make, to make a call. Um, yeah. I don't know who's who's watching that volcano up there, but if you could give them a holler and see if they <laughs> thought about the lid. Putting a, a lid on it, that might, might it probably couldn't be plastic because I'm sure it would burn through that, but maybe like. A metal one? Yeah, with a vacuum seal, so you make sure nothing. Yeah, there you, know. you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I doubt they've ever thought about that. Man. That's, <laughs> it's, that's a great idea. <laughs> anyway, man, yeah, good stuff. Glad to get it off my chest today. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Be intentional. Be intentional with technology. If I have a moral to this story, that's the only thing because we're not stopping this train that's a coming. It's coming down the line, and the only thing you can do is be intentional and make sure that you. Don't get sucked in. Uh, don't get sucked in unnecessarily, or um, to a degree that you know it, it engulfs your life and you have no more self direction. Because if you're not careful, I feel like that's where a lot of us already are. Is that is it possible to make it to where our kids don't get sucked in, or do you think they're goners already? <laughs> you gotta teach them to be intentional. That's that's yeah. the only thing that you can do. To not yeah. lose, to not lose humanity, and it's it's crazy to think about what they're going to realize when they're, you know, our age. Well, that's um, the thing, though, is like their humanity is different from ours already, like yeah. because of what they've grown up with. Yeah. So it's like teaching them to be intentional is going to be a lot harder than it would be for us to kind of know both sides of what it was a little before internet really took over and now. That's that's why our generation is so important. Because yeah. we have that, we're going to be the last ones to have that perspective. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's it sounds kind of cliche or maybe even a little ridiculous, but you've got to hang on to the old ways and pass that down um, through through storytelling, basically, and, and through you know principles, building principles with the kids, with the younger generation, so that they understand that technology is not only not their savior; it's not it's not the most important thing in life. Like life itself is humanity is way more important than technology, but I have a feeling they're going to, it's going to be difficult for them. Like you said, it's going to be easy to lose sight of humanity amongst technology. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we're just, uh, maybe we're just crazy and it just, you know, we're alarmist. Yes. (laughs) We watch too many movies. Been watching too much ex machina. (laughs) Transcendence. Possibility. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Hi. Recording stopped.